Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. You know, if you're observant enough, you can learn leadership lessons in some of the most unlikely places. Today, I want to talk about two of those very unlikely places. One was an interview with a very docile guest and a very aggressive interviewer. But the same docile guest taught an incredible lesson in a movie they released. His name is Eminem, or Marshall, and that's the person from whom we're going to take today's leadership lesson, and you should probably take notes on this episode of Leading Leaders. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I don't remember exactly who the interviewer was. I do remember that there were several that were very similar uh, and they kind of made their way back into social media. These interviews were from decades ago, probably early 90s. But there was a guy by the name of Marshall, otherwise known as Eminem, a white rapper, that when he came onto the scene, he came onto the scene in kind of a sneaky way. Nobody really knew who he was or what he was doing, but he was really good at what he was doing. He offended quite a few people on every camp from every side. But when you go back and watch some of the interviews, there were times that nobody in the big media, nobody in Hollywood really knew who he was yet. He had made his name, he had made his money, and in the circles where he was popular, he was very, very popular. He had some platinum albums by the time the mainstream media picked up on who he was. There were a couple of times that he was a guest on tonight's show and various things like that. And I remember the the host saying something to, like uh, something to the effect of, "Listen, I don't know who you are, but you know what's your backup plan if this music thing doesn't work out for you?" And Marshall kind of looked at him and said, "Are are you serious? I mean, you don't know who I am?" And he's like, "No, I I I don't really. I mean." Obviously, you're not a big name. You're not anybody important. I'm not sure why you're a guest on my show. But and at that time, you can see Marshall's almost thinking, maybe I just need to get up and walk out on this clown. He had no idea that he had a platinum performing artist sitting in the chair next to him because he hadn't done his homework and his research. But Marshall kept his cool. He didn't blow up. He didn't say anything stupid. He didn't walk out of the interview. He stayed and he answered some questions with as much dignity and grace as probably more dignity and grace than the host deserved. That's a leadership lesson all on its own because you're going to find yourself in a very similar place where those who know you and know you well have seen your work, so to speak. They know the groundwork that you've put in. They know the, the foundation that you've laid. There are some great videos out there. In fact, I watched one just yesterday, a little two-minute motivational video about a guy saying when he grew up with his dad, they did a lot of construction. And it was very frustrating because they would go dig these holes and they would dig deep holes and they would pour concrete and rocks and gravel and lay rebar. And then all of it would be buried under the dirt again when the foundation of the house was laid on top of it. And really what he was talking about was the fact that most of the work you do to make a house stable, nobody ever sees until something goes wrong. And in the same way that Marshall, Eminem, had done a whole lot of work that nobody had seen. He'd fought through some tough family situations. He had fought through some really hard relationships. He worked his way and earned his brass, so to speak, 
on the streets and some tough gangs doing some battles and some tough spaces, uh, battles with the microphone and probably some fisticuffs as well. But just like laying a foundation, just like all the work that you're doing as a leader right now with your level one, two, three, four, five, wherever you are as a leader, you're doing a whole lot of work that, frankly, <laughs> gets no credit. You're doing a lot of the groundwork to prepare you, to prepare you to build something magnificent. Because you don't build something magnificent on the surface where everybody can see it. If you do, the three little pigs will come by and huff and puff and blow your house down with the wolf. And there'll be nothing left of it. You've got to first build that incredibly strong foundation. And most of that foundation is dirty work. And most of that dirty work will go unseen for eternity. Only those who were there with you in the very beginning who got to see you dig in the dirt and lay the foundation will ever know or care that there is a foundation. And that's going to be completely on you. Nobody's going to give you the glory. Nobody's going to pay you the big bucks. Nobody's going to celebrate with you the foundation. It's all on you. Now, the next lesson that I want to point out, also learned from Eminem uh, when watching the movie. Now, I know it's a movie. I don't know how much of it is actually factually true, but he made a really good point, or the writers of the movie, I should say, made a really good point when they actually laid out the cause behind the song, Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself. I remember the, the primary part of that song, the chorus, he says, you got to lose yourself. You got to own it in the moment. There's a whole lot of challenges in life that we would love to blame on somebody else. There are a whole lot of things in our life that we would look at and go, I don't want the world to know about those things because they're humiliating, they're demoralizing, they're shameful. Maybe they're mistakes that I made or somebody around me made. Maybe they're mistakes that changed the course of my life. And I don't want to bring them up. I don't want to talk about them. I'd rather, I'd rather they be buried in that foundation. Well, they are part of that foundation. They are what made you who you are today. My primary purpose on this earth is to help people tell better stories better. Part of telling better stories better is framing that story into a foundational place in your life to help you psychologically understand why it mattered. And then decide, is it worth telling and where? When should I tell it and to whom? And does anybody care about that detail of that story or should I just leave that out because it was only the gravel and the concrete of my foundation? It was a rock that holds me together. Is that piece of rebar that strings it all together in one place? Nobody ever needs to see that but it is what makes me who I am. It is what makes me strong enough to stand in the storm. Telling better stories better, that's what it's all about. Well, in the movie Eight Mile, there's a scene where he's in the final battle. This is the one that decides if he gets the big deal or he doesn't get the big deal, if, he's, if he becomes the, the winner or not. And he's against somebody who's really good. And he's throwing up in the bathroom before he goes on stage because he's nervous. And his friends call him out and they said, dude, you know what he's going to say about you. He's going to pick on your mom. He's going to talk about where you live, that you came from the other side of the tracks. But there's nothing good to come of this. He is just going to rip you to shreds. It's not just that he's a better rapper than you. You've got a horrible past and he's going to throw it all in your face. And if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. Because this scene is a lifetime of underdog victories rolled into one moment. And it's so well done in the movie. 
Marshall walks to the stage and he says, I know what you're going to say about me. And then he begins to list everything the enemy was going to use against him. Every story, every line, every hateful word, every demoralizing, shameful, embarrassing, humiliating moment. Every one of them. And he makes that his own rap. He makes that his own story. He owns it in the moment and classically delivers the best rebuttal in advance that a debater has ever seen in his life. I'm going to tell you, as a leader, you've got to be willing, courageous enough, heartful enough, bold enough, honest enough, aware enough to identify your own weaknesses, your own failures, your own humiliation, your own shameful moments, bring them to the surface and go, yeah, it's like that. I get it. Now, I'm not telling you to live in those moments. In fact, I strongly admonish you to not live in those moments. Nobody wants to be the dweller underneath the foundation of the house. Nobody wants to be the mole in the dirt with the concrete and the bugs and the rats. But I'm telling you right now, if that foundation wasn't there, if you hadn't dug down in the dirt and laid that foundation, what you, plan, what you plan to build your empire on would be falling down around you. A huff and a puff and it's all over. Just ask yourself how many leaders you've seen exactly that way. They're unwilling to admit they have faults. They're unwilling to admit they've made mistakes. They've taken a wrong path. They've made mad decisions. They've aligned themselves with wrong people. They've chosen the wrong mindset. They've lived in the story of victimhood. Look what happened to me. It's not my fault. I'm only here as a result of X, Y, and Z, or A, B, and C, or those people. And if you continue to live there and take no accountability, no blame, no self-awareness into account for why you are where you are, then you will never be any further than where you are. Now, understand, too, there are... There are three groups of people out there keeping an eye on you. There are those people out there who are watching you because they have no other idea what leadership, what success, what progress looks like. They're kind of counting on you as the illustration, as the demonstration to go, <clears throat> this, this is who I want to be when I grow up. I want to be just like them. And I can tell you, I, I listened to Dan Bongino say it just the other day. He's not the first, he won't be the last, but he said, look, if you're looking for a role model, I'm not it. And then he went through a list of all the things that he'd done over the weekend. And as much as I admire his success in media and radio, his background in law enforcement and secret service, I would agree the person he was over that weekend is not something I aspire to be. I'd love to have his audience. I'd love to have his followers. I'd love to have his success. He's got a great mind. But the who that he is, according to his own definition, not somebody I model to be. I'm okay with that. But there are people who are watching you right now looking at you saying, I want to be just like that. I want that same success. I want that same accomplishment. I want those, <clears throat> those same accolades. I want the same relationships. I want all that. And that's why they're watching everything you do. How you tie your shoes, how you tie your tie, how you comb your hair, where you buy your clothes, what kind of car you drive, who do you hang out with, how much money do you spend on what things, what software apps do you use? They're watching all of that, every bit of it because they want to be just like you. Then there are those who are saying, well, I'm going to look at your success, but I don't want to be just like you. I want to be 
different than you, but at the same level. I want to lead like you lead. I want to have the same kind of accomplishments that you have, but I'm not the same person as you. And so I'm just going to mimic you in my own new style. And then there are those that are watching you and they're looking for your weaknesses. They're looking for your flaws, looking for your blind spots. They're looking for the places where you failed in the past and perhaps where you're failing now. And they only have one agenda. They want your spot. But in order to get your spot, they've got to take you out of that spot. They've got to point out something to someone else that will cause them to go, I can't believe that about them. I can't believe that's true. And that might be about relationships. It might be about finances. It might be about how you handle your money. It might be how you handle your friends. It might be how you handle your business. But if they can find that blind spot, if they can find that weakness, if they can find that shortcoming, trust me, they're going to blast it from the mountaintop so the biggest megaphone they can get. They're going to get on every platform that they have to to make sure that they get your spot. Now, I know you think that only happens in politics, but if you've been in leadership very long, you know it's all about politics. We don't want it to be true. We say that it's not true. We don't want to call it politicking. But the same thing that makes politicians rise to the top in whatever endeavor they have, that same process happens in corporate America. Looks almost identical. The only difference is people don't vote. Sometimes they do. It's the board. Sometimes they vote with their town hall meetings. Just ask Vivek Ramaswamy how he lost his multi-billion dollar company that he built from the ground up. It happens. It can happen to anybody. But they're watching you. They're looking for your weaknesses. They want your platform. They want your spot. They want your leadership. They want your income. They want your influence. They want everything you have. Now, the fourth somebody that ought to be watching, those three are all external. They're watching because they want to be you. They're watching because they want to imitate you but not be you. And they're watching because they want to take you out. And the fourth one, if you're wise, it's you. And you're looking and you're analyzing and you're asking yourself the tough, tough questions. You're putting them down in your journal. You're writing them on the whiteboard. You're keeping them on a sticky note. But you're asking yourself, why am I not further than I am? What have I done wrong? What could I do better? How could I fix this? You're asking those questions that a good coach or a good mentor would ask. And as you're challenging yourself to answer those questions, you're filling in the answers in awareness and truth. Why do I not have the amount of business that I want? Somebody asked me just this morning, how's it going? It's going. What could you be doing better? Um, I could be doing better on my follow-up. I could be more aggressive on my outbound sales and prospecting. I would have better systems if I was moving forward from where I'm at. All those things are true and all those things are in the works. If I took my camera into my office right now, right next door, you would see on the whiteboard all of the process of systems that are being built, all of the follow-up mechanisms that are being put in place so that when we do have good lead generation, we do have a good prospecting opportunity, we can get people into a pipeline and follow up with them and have a better relationship with them. But I'm also transitioning out of a business I've been in for almost 20 years and making this speaking, coaching, training thing a full hustle and not a side hustle. So as I'm doing that, I've got blind spots, I've got weaknesses, I've got failures, I've got areas after doing this for over a decade that I could have been doing a whole lot better all along. 
But I kind of dismissed it and said, well, I can make up the gap financially with this other hustle. As I move out of that hustle and into the full hustle of speaking, coaching, and training, I've got to double down. I've got to pay the price. I've got to make some sacrifices. I've got to cut off some relationships and build some new ones. And the same is true of you. Whatever level of leadership you're at right now, there are people in your life that you're going to have to jettison. And there are people in your life that you're going to have to build new relationships with. And there are processes and systems that you've never ventured into before that you need to start now. Because processes and systems, let me tell you, they're, they're like trees. The best time to plant them is 10 years ago. The second best time is now. If you wait another two months, six months, a year, those processes and systems will pass you by. In fact, there are, I have books on my shelf right now that I can show you the dates that I started reading them and studying them. And I have notes still on my flip chart whiteboard, the white paper, if I flip back far enough, from 2014, that if I'd started implementing them then instead of just thinking about them and pondering them and making excuses that it's just a side hustle, if I'd started implementing them then, I'd be in a different place today. I'm willing to bet that's true in your life. That there are decisions you could have made 10 years ago, and if you had, you'd be in a different place today. Your world would be entirely different today. If you want a good picture of that, just watch any of Grant Cardone's videos where he talks about the attention curve. And he talks about almost a 20-year rise from 2004 through 2012, 14, 18, 19, when awareness of who Grant Cardone and Grant Cardone Ventures really is in the world began to shift. And when it began to shift, there was a significant difference. And that significant difference looked a lot like money. Oh yeah, he became a Google trend and you can see him on Google Trends go from almost unknown to 100% of the marketplace knows who he is. You can also see his wealth go from a pretty nice wealth to an extravagant amount of money in the billions of dollars. That's a pretty significant curve. Now here's the question you have to ask yourself. And he did ask this question and he answered this question. And I was in the audience when he told everybody for probably the 10th time the answer to that question. He asked himself, what would I have done differently if I went back to that same period in time? And the answer was, as he said it, with Pete Vargas standing there, I would have learned how to present myself from the stage better sooner. The signature talk process that is taught in the 10X Stages program. Uh, that program is a partnership with Grant Cardone because Pete Vargas put so much effort into it and demonstrated so much incredible success. And when he met Grant Cardone, Grant Cardone said, if I had started doing that 20 years ago, I would have been a billionaire 20 years earlier. But now he's using those systems, the 10X stages process and funnels, and the list goes on. Well, I only know how to mimic what works well. That's what we're about the process of doing. But if I'd started that, when I got the very first book from Jeff Walker in 2013, I'd be in a different place right now. No more excuses. It's my fault. I've got to make the change. So my challenge to you is this. What are the places where you're letting the blind spots, the weaknesses, the excuses, the arguments stop you from moving forward? 
If you are not your own worst critic, who do you trust to do that? But here's the real tough question. When you recognize those blind spots, those failures, those weaknesses, how long do you wait to take decisive action to do something different? How much time do you have? How many people are counting on you to succeed as a leader, to build your business, to build your reputation, to lead people to a change and transformation in their life? How long do you have to make that impact? How many days do you have left? How many weeks do you have left? Nobody knows the answer to that question. So procrastinating that decisive transformation, that's crazy. I did it, but not anymore. I challenge you to look at your weaknesses and make a decisive action of transformation and do it today. You may not get the chance to step in front of your haters and tell them the truth about who you are, to rebut their argument before it starts. But you do have a chance to build a stronger foundation for a better future. You can't plant a tree 10 years ago. You can't build a foundation 10 years ago, but you can start now. So start now. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. In 18, that I was praying, God, you know, he just needs this thing broken in his life. He's become involved in that class. And there's real spiritual change and real physical change happening in this guy's life. Today on Transforming Grace TV. Succumb to addiction. And I would succumb to pornography. And the residual effect of that in my life and my children and my household and my other relationships, mind-boggling. And yet I knew there was a call in my life. And I think that tension is what pulls men apart in the churches and, and it pulls families apart. That, to me, is heartbreaking. My opinion, too, is that uh, the body of Christ has a tendency to crucify our wounded. Transforming Grace TV passionately reveals hope in broken relationships. Stay tuned. Experience God's transforming grace.